You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrds.nl. Now, let's get into the podcast. Hello, everybody. Good morning. You can say good morning to me. It's okay. People won't suddenly think we're a happy, clappy, charismatic church if you just greet me. <laughs> you know. Please forgive me, I'm a little bit sick, not feeling too great. You know us men when we get sick. We, we are near death, and so I find myself at, at death's door. But by the grace of God... I'll be okay. <laughs> I'm wearing my living in faith shirt, my summer shirt that, that God will send summer, <laughs> that spring will arrive. The shirt is a statement of faith. <laughs> Friends, I am so excited to be here. I'm excited to preach The sermon, if I can get there. (laughs) Don't worry if I'm crying. It's the Holy Spirit. So I've been away at a conference this week. That and I'm sick, but mainly the Holy Spirit. So I've been away at a conference this week, and, and I kid you not, I... So Johan came with me. I was at the Alpha Conference, and it was just absolutely amazing. And it was just so much about the Holy Spirit. And you'll know I've been preparing for this Holy Spirit series for a long time. I've been praying for you. (coughs) I've been fasting and praying for you for this day. For the next 11 weeks. Because I want God to meet you. I want you to see Jesus, you know, that and I'm sick, so I'm, 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 I'm crying, but don't, don't worry about that. But I've been praying for today, I've been praying for the series because I really believe that God wants to come by his spirit and meet with each and every one of us. I'm so excited about this series, I'm really looking forward to it because I really believe God wants to do something special. In this church, I believe God wants to do something in your life and in my life. And I really pray, and I've been praying for a long time, that this series will be the catalyst for that. And don't panic. Don't worry. We're not going to get weird. We're still Western European and Primarily Scandinavian blood. Some of us. Some of us have got a bit of African fire in us. So don't don't panic. But I want you just to see and know that the desire is just to meet God. That's it. 
for Jesus, and here it is, here's the bottom line, for Jesus to be real in your life. That's it. That's what I want for me and for you, for Jesus to be real. And so in the coming weeks, and here's the disclaimer and the warning, we're going to spend some time praying for one another. I might make an altar call or two. Because we want to meet Jesus. Because friends, let me tell you, I'm 50 now. I know I don't look a day over 25. But just with each day that passes by, I'm just more and more assured than what I have ever been in my life that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the only one that can save us. And that the world needs Jesus. The world needs not just Jesus. The world needs the followers of Jesus, i.e. the church, to speak and live with power and authority and conviction the gospel message of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2.8. The world needs a people who still believe in the authority of the Bible as the word of God. And who seek to live God's word and live in obedience to God's word. And who seek to be and have a passion to be his hands and feet and smile in the world. But in order to do that, in order for us to live faithfully, and in obedience, and with joy, and in the presence of God, and with the power of God Almighty, we're going to need help. We can't do it on our own. We need help. Who needs help? We all do, so even if you didn't put up your hand, you do. <laughs> we all do. I do. And so I preach this sermon maybe more for me than anyone else here today. Can we just be honest with one another just for, just for a minute? So I'm, so I'm sorry that I'm starting out heavy, but it will get better. Don't worry about it. But can we just be honest for a minute? Can we just be courageous enough to be real and honest? As I set the scene for this coming series, and can I also just warn you, this is probably going to turn out the longest sermon series I've ever done since I've been here. Because I really believe that God has laid this on my heart, and we're going to look at this, and we're going to talk about this, until God tells me to stop. But can we just be honest with one another for a second? Has your, has your relationship with God 
been disappointing to you. Has it lived up to what you had hoped? Has reality or the reality of your faith and your journey with God, has it not lived up to expectation perhaps? Have you, have you expected and you haven't seen? Has there been a longing for more as you think about your faith and your relationship with Jesus? Have, has there been a longing for more? than what you've practically day-to-day experienced. You hoped for more, longed for more. Your relationship with God perhaps is not going as you had hoped or expected. Reality hasn't lived up your expectations. Is there something of that, if you're honest, that feels, God, I, I thought it was going to be different. I thought it was going to be better. I thought this was going to happen, and this was going to happen in my life, and that was going to happen, and I haven't seen any of that. I'd hoped for more. I have a deep longing for more. Maybe a little bit of that, you. Or perhaps spiritual burnout. Let's use that word. Maybe you're here today and, and, and maybe spiritual burnout is something maybe that, that's where you're at. In other words, the fire and the passion and the excitement and the longing for God, that first love that God might create the most important thing in my life and I want you more than anything in this world and that this world can possibly give you first and I long for you and I'm excited to be with you. I can't wait to rush downstairs and open my Bible and read it and the fire and the excitement and the passion is gone. You and God's like an old married couple with love and respect. <laughs> you know what I mean. The fire is low. The excitement is gone. There is no more spark. And it's not like you haven't tried. You've tried. You've signed up for this course and you've done that course and you volunteered for this. And when Paul asked me to volunteer, I volunteered and I've joined a life group and I've helped here and I've done this and I've done that. And in Paul, in many ways, I feel like Peter and his friends after Jesus and his death and resurrection, going fishing all night long and fishing all night and they're fishing and they're fishing and their nets are empty. Spiritually, God, my nets feel empty. And I'm weary and I'm tired because I've fished all night. The sky is gray and the fire is low. 
You've not changed as you had hoped you would. Or as you thought you would that moment you said yes to Jesus. You're still struggling with the same things that you struggled with last year, the year before, the year before, the year before that, in the same old way. Your life has not changed as you had hoped it would change. You read your Bible, but it's dry and the words are boring and you fall asleep reading it. You pray, but they seem powerless and lifeless and they seem to just bounce off the ceiling and God seems far and distant. And talk about experiencing His power and the reality of God with me in my life is nothing more than just a dream and wishful thinking. In fact, some of you have given up on the thought of experiencing the presence and the power of the risen God in my life. And have settled for mediocrity. And have become okay with a life lived meandering through a maze of mediocrity. I'm okay with that now, Paul. If any of that is even in a small way you, then this sermon series is for you. So I want to say to you, first of all, that God knows and God cares. And there is someone that you must meet. There is someone you must meet that will change everything. That will transform your experience of God that will empower your prayers, reinvigorate your reading of Scripture, that you will live with the very sense that Jesus is real, that He lives in me, with me, and I know and I can really have a relationship with Him, and it's different, and He's changed me, and I can experience the power that breathed life into Jesus at His resurrection. There is someone you must meet that will change everything. That will heal your spiritual surrender and burnout and meet and exceed your every expectation. The Holy Spirit. My dear and beautiful, beautiful friends, can I just, as your pastor, say to you, as a follower of Jesus since my ninth birthday, what's that, 41 years? I, I, can, I just, can I just say to you, I, I'm just 
absolutely convinced more than what I've ever been that we cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Impossible. You know, the Holy Spirit is directly referenced over a hundred times in the Bible. Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit more than what he speaks about the church, finances, marriage, the future. More than any of those things, he speaks about the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he knows that to follow him and to live faithfully as his follower and live in obedience to his will for our lives, to be his hands and feet in the world, he knows we need help. He doesn't want, it's not his will, it's not his desire for you and me, my beautiful, beautiful friends, to live lifeless lives. He doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want worn out, burnt out, washed out, dried up. What else can I say? Followers of and children of the Most High God wandering this world all dried up and burnt out. Disappointed in their faith and in their Creator God. And so He says, I want to give you my Spirit because you need it, you need help. It will change everything for you. You see, because, what, and we'll get into this in the weeks to come, but one of the number one chief key jobs of the Holy Spirit is to teach you about Jesus. To make Jesus real for you. In Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus said these words. He said to his followers, and he says them to you and me today. He says this. He says, Luke 24, 29. He says, and behold, I am sending you. I'm sending you the promise of my Father. The promise of my Father I'm sending upon you. Stay in the city. And you will be clothed, what? With, with power from on high. Power from on high. My, okay, first of all, that word behold is a fascinating word. Here's what Jesus is saying. She's saying, behold, you need help, and I'm going to give you help. I'm going to give you power to face the things that you need to face. I'm going to give you what you need. Breathe life into your weary bones. Behold, that word behold, translated, it means yo. Don't miss this. Behold means don't miss this. It is an, and I love this, to behold means don't miss this. It is an observable and objective truth. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus says, behold, he's saying don't miss, miss this. What I'm going to tell you now will be an observable and an objective truth that God, my Father, will send you 
power from on high. It will be observable, and it's not just subjective, some subjective emotional thing, you know, depending on, you know, your truth, you live your truth. Objective, observable, don't miss this, power from on high for you because you need it. I want you to note quite carefully when Jesus said these words. When did Jesus speak this? What was the context and the time frame of when Jesus said that to his disciples? So it was after his resurrection, before his ascension. So, 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 so think about this. Jesus said this to his disciples. By this time, when he said these words, they'd already spent three years with Jesus himself. They'd sat around many campfires with Jesus. They had traveled with Jesus through towns, healing disease, banishing demons. By this stage, they knew Jesus' favorite food and best jokes. They had seen the resurrected Christ, touched the resurrected body of Christ, spent 40 days listening to the resurrected Christ teach about the kingdom of God, and still Jesus saying, it's not enough. You need more. Well, hello. Well, hello. Then who are we to think we don't need more? <coughs> so in Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said, My friends, my followers, my disciples, my children... You will receive, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And my heart burns and longs for you and you and you young people and you less young people and me. For Jesus to be real. And that's what this series is going to be about. How do we live in the presence and in the power of God Almighty? And more specifically, and this is what I want to spend weeks trying to teach us and help us understand... How does Paul practically, just on a very practical sense, just when I leave this building and I'm at work, how does the Holy Spirit help me? How does the Holy Spirit help me? And we're going to look at that. How the Holy Spirit helps us to live in the presence and the power of God Almighty. I want you to leave knowing how the Spirit of God wants to help you in a practical sense. Okay, so can I just, let me just for the sake of semi-thoroughness, um, just kind of set a, a, a bit of a foundation for us that we can work from. I think it's important for us just to say, because my goal is to teach us about the Spirit of God, and then to say, come Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to live in your presence and power. 
I want Jesus to be real every moment of every day. So just to set the foundation for us. Okay, so as Christians, we speak of God in Trinitarian terms. And I need to say this, and if you already know this, well then great. But some of us here don't know this, and I, and I think it's important for me to teach us and to say this to you, that we as Christians believe and speak of God in Trinitarian terms. And so we believe that there is one God, but that this one God has shown himself in human history and revealed himself, and we get to experience God in three distinct persons. And that's so important. It's important that we understand, we'll talk more about this, but that we understand that the Holy Spirit is not electricity. The Holy Spirit is a person, and that's significant for many reasons. But for me, chief among that is that the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person, that means I can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because I can have a relationship with a person. You can't have a relationship with electricity. But you can have a relationship with a person. Three distinct persons. And, so, and so, so we speak about the mystery of the Trinity. And I, listen, can I be honest with you? It's not always easy to understand. And we, and we try and explain it. One God, three in one, but one God and distinct persons. And we try and we have different metaphors and ways of trying to explain it. And it's not really that easy. And sometimes, you know, we struggle a bit with that. And, and let's be honest, you know, with this tiny little brain of mine, I mean, yours is bigger, but mine's tiny. And so to really fully comprehend this is going to be difficult. But I'm absolutely convinced that when I get to heaven one day, I'm going to go, ah, okay, that's how it works. I get it. And I believe in that. And that's, I have faith in that. But, but so we, let's just try and talk about it a bit. And so we understand God, Yahweh, I am Father, creator of all who was, is, and will forever be. Father God. We speak of Jesus, His Son, God Almighty, who then takes on flesh, dwells among us to show us who God is and what God is like. And so we experience God Creator, we experience God Redeemer and Savior. And then Jesus, before His ascension, He says, because I know you need help, I'm going to return to the right hand of the Father. But don't you worry for one moment, my beautiful friends. I'm not going to leave you as, orf as orphans. I'm going to leave you my Holy Spirit. And so we experience the Holy Spirit as God's imminent indwelling presence in our lives. There's this image, it's known as the shield of faith. It's from the 11th century. I want to show you quickly. My pointer I don't have, so you're just going to have to figure that out for yourself. No, I'll help you. So th this is from the 11th century, known as the shield of faith. And it really is just a very simple way to try and help us understand the Trinity. And what it says, you've got God right in the middle. And so what it says is, top left-hand corner, the Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. But the Father is not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the Son and not the Father. They are distinct persons, yet all God. Three in one. 
And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's important for us to understand that. It's important for us to understand that we're not talking about some weird, wonderful uh, 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 Jedi force electricity thing. That we're talking about the third person of the Trinity. Active and revealed to us right from the beginning of Scripture, right from the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 1 already, we are introduced to and encounter the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. Present at creation, chapter 1, verse 2, 3, 4. Go and read it. It is beautiful imagery. There was darkness and emptiness and chaos and formlessness. Yes, Lord, that's my life, I know. And what do we find? The Spirit of God present hovering over the formlessness and the void. The Spirit of God there. And God speaks and says, let there be light and there was light. Let there be form and there was form and light and darkness was separated. Create form where there's chaos in me, Lord. Spirit of God. Light where there's darkness. And then we see the creation of the first human beings. So for the word used for us is ruach. You know this word. It means, it means air. It means, it means wind. It means breath. And right there we see the Spirit of God. God breathes His Spirit, His breath into us. And so we encounter the Holy Spirit animating life. And so we encounter the work of the Holy Spirit. This is not strange that we speak of this. Don't get all worried. This is normal. This is right. This is God himself. And we read about the work of the Holy Spirit. You've read the Old Testament. And we encounter the Holy Spirit coming upon all those warriors of old. You remember? And they're able to do things that they could not do by themselves. Think about the Spirit of God coming upon those prophets of old, anointed by the Spirit of God to speak God's word to God's people. Think of King David, overcome by the Spirit of God, and he's dancing with joy to the point where he's embarrassing the people around him. And we see the Spirit of God coming on certain people at certain times to perform certain functions. But God the Father knows and He loves us and He promises. But there will come a time, the book of Joel, there will come a time when my Spirit will come on all people. And so then we move to the New Testament. And again, right at the beginning, we encounter, so then the Greek word for that is pneuma, great word. You've heard it, you know the English word, pneumatic tools. Right? Something that can do what I cannot. Something that has power that I do not have. A pneumatic tool. You take your car to have its wheels changed. You can't lift that car. You drive it onto a pneumatic lift. And boom, this thing lifts this incredible car up in the air. The Spirit of God gives us power to do that which we cannot do ourselves. And so right throughout the New Testament, we encounter the work of the Spirit of God in us right at the baptism of Jesus. Descending upon Him like a dove. This is my Son. We see how the Spirit of God was there to help Jesus during His temptations and His struggle in the wilderness. You remember that? The Spirit of God was there to help Him. We read how the Spirit of God anointed Jesus to preach good news to the poor and the outcast. Jesus saying, 
to all his followers. That I've got to return to the Father. But I will not leave you as orphans. I will give you my spirit. That same spirit that we read about that was instrumental in the resurrection of Christ. Jesus saying, I want to, I want to give that to you. I want you to know that. I want you to know the person of the Holy Spirit. I want you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so Jesus promises his spirit to you and to me. I'm, I'm, I'm working towards wrapping it up. So, you know, my aim is in the coming weeks to show you how the Holy Spirit wants to help you and how you can live in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, that, you will re that God will reignite that fire and that passion and that excitement for Him again, maybe for the first time for some of you. That you will feel at, that you will fall utterly and madly and stupidly in love with God. That He will matter to you more than anything else. That when you pray, you pray as if Jesus is sitting right next to you and you're looking Him in the eyes. That's what I want for you. And so we're going to do that in the coming weeks. So I want to say, so for, and, and so the New Testament gives us, and the Bible gives us so many metaphors to help us see what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you, how the Holy Spirit wants to help you, and we're going to go through them one by one. We're going to really get into it, let me tell you. So for example, do you want to be wowed by Jesus and fall in love with Jesus again? Well, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is described as the ultimate teacher. John 14, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. You want to know about Jesus? Holy Spirit, that's his job. You want to stand with Jesus? That's his job. Do you struggle to live in obedience to God's will? Is that you? Well, good to know. The Holy Spirit is described as the wind of God. Breathing God's life and breath where there is empty, where there is dark, where there is void, where there is formlessness, where there is chaos. Do your prayers seem weak? The Holy Spirit's described as our intercessor. Are you unsure of your salvation? The Holy Spirit is described as the seal of heaven, Ephesians 1.13. I don't have time. Do you feel anxious and unsettled, uh, unsettled and filled with worry and fear and anxiety? The Holy Spirit is described as the dove of peace, bringing God's peace and calm into your life. That's how the Holy Spirit wants to help you. Matthew 3. Do you feel unequipped to face that which is before you? The things that you are facing, do you feel unequipped to do that? The Holy Spirit is described us as the giver of gifts. 1 Corinthians. We'll get into that. Do you feel dry and empty and lifeless? The Holy Spirit is described as the living water who flows to refresh us. John 7, 38. And we're going to look at all those things. And I just want to say this to you as I wrap this up. My dear friends, the Apostle Paul teaches us, and we'll get into this, that when you give your life to Jesus and you say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you and I surrender my life to you, Paul teaches us that we have God's Spirit. Why then is it that so many of us don't get to experience the power and the presence of God in our lives?
I think there are several reasons. Maybe number one, because nobody has ever taught us about who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit wants to help us. And that's what this series is aiming to do so that you can never, ever again say, I don't know. But another reason why many of us do not experience the presence and the power of God in our lives is because we allow things to get in the way. See, we cannot talk about life with the Holy Spirit and not talk about sin and repentance. We cannot talk about saying, God, I, I want more of you. I want all of you. I want you in my life. And not talk about the stuff that we've allowed to get in the way and prevent God's Spirit to do His work in us and through us. It's about saying, Lord, I've allowed, I've allowed things to get in the way of your work in my life. Lord, I have made decisions that have taken me from you and not to you. It's about being honest about that. And it's about coming to a point to say, Lord, I stand before you and I acknowledge that I've made decisions that have taken me from me, from you and not brought me closer to you. Lord, I've allowed things to creep into my life that shouldn't be there. That's not your will and desire for my life. Lord, I've gotten into habits and things that's not your heart for me. Father God, I've allowed things to get in the way from me experiencing your presence and power in my life. And I want to... And I want to acknowledge that, and I want to say sorry for that. I want to confess that to you, and I want to ask your forgiveness. And then I want to say, Lord, come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to say, Lord, I've allowed, as I read in Genesis chapter 1, for there to be chaos in my life. And some of you here today, and I'm sorry to say this to you, but I need to say this to you. Some of you are living with chaos in your lives. For some of you, there is formlessness, there is empty, there is dark, there is void, and there is chaos. And let me tell you, today is the day, and this series is all about saying, God, I want to acknowledge that, and I want your spirit, as I read in Genesis, hovering over the empty and the chaos, creating form and life and light. I ask you to do that in my life, and I want to invite your Holy Spirit into my life. I want to experience your presence and power in my life. I need to say amen now, so I'm saying amen. Okay, but I want to pray for you. Can I say to you, please, will you stand? If, no, 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 don't. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> I'm going to rephrase that. Let's close our eyes. Let's take a moment, firstly, to respond. Let's take a moment to respond. And today the response is, God... There is some chaos in my life. I've made decisions that have taken me away from you. And I want to confess that. And I want to say sorry for that. And I want to ask for your forgiveness. And that's my response today. Lord, please forgive me. I acknowledge and I'm sorry. And if that's you, if you want to respond in that way, to say, God, I want to know you but I need to say sorry first. Then I'm going to invite you to stand.
and we're going to pray if that's you. Yes, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, you see us stand before you and Lord, thank you for giving us the courage to stand. Lord, there are things in my life that's not great. There are things in my life that shouldn't be there. Lord, I've, I've lived in ways and I've made decisions that have, have come between us. And have made it difficult for me. There is sin in my life making it difficult for me to truly live in the power and presence of your spirit in my life. So my response today is, I surrender it all to you. I bring it to you. I ask for your forgiveness as I confess the things that I've thought, said, done. That's not been your will for me. The things I should have said and done that I failed to do. Forgive me, Lord, for not living with you as my number one priority. Please forgive me. And then a second invitation. Let's not only respond, but let's take a moment to receive. And the second invitation is to all of those who say, God, I want to live in the power and presence of my Creator, my Savior, my God Almighty. I want to know His presence day by day, moment by moment. And I want to experience that resurrection power in my own life. If that's you that want to say today, come Holy Spirit and fill me anew and fresh, then I invite you to stand. And so let us come and have a moment where we just receive from God. Heavenly Father, Lord, everything that we've done and said today is just motivated from a place of wanting to know you. Wanting to know you better, wanting to know you more. Lord, everything that is happening here this morning comes from a place that says, God, we need you. We want you. Lord, and we've allowed so many things to become more important to us than you. And today I stand again, and I will stand again in the coming weeks and in the coming years, and I'll stand again and again and again. But here now today, I stand and I say, God, I need you. I want you. Come. Holy Spirit, I invite you again into my life. May I know your presence and your power. May I know your forgiveness. May I know your healing. May I know your love. May I know your purpose. I know your grace. Come, Holy Spirit, 
I avail myself to you. I give my life to you. Thank you for listening and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.